Hello, hello. Welcome back to the In God She Trusts podcast. I am Kitri and we are switching gears a little bit and not like necessarily switching gears like we're doing something different. So we are still going to be continuing on in our Matthew study, but um, we now have a podcast platform. So if you are listening to this, you are not listening on YouTube that I like this some like weird video that I had to create, which you're actually listening on the podcast form. So we are just continuing on with our Matthew study that we did on our YouTube platform. However, um, because those are video form, I don't know how I will be able to transfer them back into podcast form, but I'm going to do my best to do that. So if you do not see Matthew parts one through like 15, I I don't know, one through Matthew's chapter one through uh, four here, go find us on YouTube in God She Trusts. And those are all there to listen to if you want to get caught up. If not, we'll just start here. And that's totally okay too. While I have you guys, I also want to thank all of you who bought hoodies and shirts and mugs from us in this, like, it was our very first kind of, like, merch launch, and you guys were amazing, and it just, it blows my mind that you guys want to support our ministry and support what we're doing and just support us, so thank you so, so much for buying our merch and, um, it should be here within a couple weeks. So I'm really excited to kind of see our very first like product in hand. I'm so excited. So thank you all for um, ordering if you did. Now, if you missed out on ordering online, good news. If you are living in the Lander area, Messenger Girls, the store at 320 Main Street in Lander, is going to be selling some of our merchandise there as well. So if you missed out on the online sale, it's not too late. You can still go and purchase that there. So no, no worries. All right. Let's just dive into today. I missed last week because last week was so insane with life. I just did not have time to record. So we will be looking today at Matthew 5 verses 33 through 48. And once again, I'm going to be reading with the New King James Version. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is a city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. 
You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you the more what sorry, what do you do more than the others? Do not eat wow, I'm struggling. Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your father in heaven is perfect. Okay. I feel like this is a little less heavy than the last one I did. You know, the one where Kitchen gets heated. Um, but I, uh, it was interesting when I first started reading this, you know, like we're not supposed to swear. And, you know, of course, like in today's word, you're like, oh, you're not supposed to cuss or, you know, take the Lord's name in vain. And, you know, like all that's, you know, good and true. Um, but what it means swear here is like oaths, like to swear an oath. And, um, Jews, as we've kind of come to know them, as we've been going through the book of Matthew, Jews had ceremonial ways of doing things. And they also had ceremonial ways that they took oaths. And it was a big deal. Like they swore constantly, swore as like swearing an oath. Okay. Um, And they did it all the time. So let's kind of look at what they understood law-wise. Let's go to Leviticus 19.12, which is, as you probably know, all the way in the very beginning of the Bible. So Leviticus 19.12 says, and you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. So what what he's what the what what God is telling us here, like if you're going to swear something in my name, you're going to take it seriously. Like you're not going to be like, you know, by the Lord Almighty, I promise I will do this. And then you don't, you know, people were just kind of making oaths, I think, willy-nilly and not really um, standing up to their part, their part of the agreement. And this is kind of like another thing where it's like the Lord is like, oh, you just can't do this. You can't do that. You shall not. You shall not. But it's one of those things where God is like, you need to mean what you say. If you're going to swear by my name, you better do it because God always fulfills his oath. Every single promise that God has made to us or oath that he has made to us, he keeps his promises. So back then, if they were swearing an oath on the name of the Lord and they weren't keeping it, it was like, no, 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 I keep my promises. So if you're going to swear an oath by my name, you better do the same thing. And then let's go to Numbers 30 verse 2. Okay, it says, if a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. So if a man made a vow to the Lord or bound himself to an oath made by some agreement in the Lord, he's not supposed to break that vow. 
So what was happening is people were like, okay, so if I swear to the Lord or by the Lord, I can't break it. So what they were doing, they were just swearing, but not necessarily in the name of the Lord or to the Lord. And so that way they thought they could get away with breaking any vow that they wanted because they're like, oh, I didn't swear it to the Lord or I didn't swear it in an oath for the Lord or whatever. So they're like, oh, I can just make whatever vows I want, whatever oaths I want and not really have to be upheld to them. And so Jesus is saying, no, don't swear anything. You know, you're not supposed to be swearing to God or on earth or in heaven or in your mind. And, and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you just shouldn't swear at all, you know, because they take this passage and like, oh, well, it says don't swear. You can't swear. So it's like, okay, but what if, what if I get married? That's an oath that you swear to. That is an oath. And God himself makes oaths to us and he fulfills them. But I think it is to be done sparingly, like getting married or entering a courtroom. Like when you enter a courtroom and I don't know if like any of you have had to like go to court or you've had to like testify or anything, but like they make you swear on the Bible to tell the truth. And that's kind of, I think, where they get that from, because that started way, way back in the day. But it's like, you swear it on the Bible, on the Lord, you are supposed to uphold the truth. But ultimately, I think what he's saying is like, don't swear, but your words need to mean something. If you are going to say yes, let it mean yes. If it's going, if you're going to say no, let it mean no. But if you're going to say yes and then actually mean no, or you say no and you actually mean yes, don't be like that. Mean what you say. Yes means yes and no means no. Like, I just think that that just kind of goes with just having integrity. You know, being a good person, whether people are looking or not, And I can think of so many people in my life where I'm just like, I know I can trust them because they follow through on what they say. And then I also have some people in my life that I'm like, do I need to get that in writing? Because they go back on what they say a lot or when it's time to fulfill their end of the bargain, they want to back out. And, you know, I think that's why we have so many like legally binding contracts is because people want to back out of something. And, you know, sometimes we have to kind of call their bluff on stuff. And so this to me just means like be somebody of integrity, be honest, be truthful. And like, it's funny because my Bible, like the, the, the label, above it, you know, is like teaching about vows and like to tell the truth about telling the truth. So tell the truth, be an integritous person. Is that a real word? Integritous? Yeah. An integritous person. We're going to go with that. If I'm wrong, I'm sure probably somebody will tell me. All right, let's move on. Um, where it says Jesus is teaching about retaliation. So verse 38, you've heard it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So that specific part, um, uh, of that, an eye for an eye, a tooth for the tooth. Um, let's go with me to De- Deuteronomy 19, verse 21. All right, 19, Deuteronomy 19, verse 21. Your eye shall not pity. Life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand. This was a way like this this law god gave for a reason and that was to prevent excessive retaliation our nature when somebody offends us is to retaliate and take revenge and it's usually 
like more than what the punishment should be. So like you slap me, I punch you. You stab me, I shoot you kind of thing. It's It was a law given to, I believe, to prevent excessive retaliation or to make sure that the punishment matched the crime, right? And this attitude towards punishment might seem kind of like primitive, but it was actually just kind of like a breakthrough for justice and fairness in these ancient times when most people like really used really weird methods to punish criminals. I mean, if you like look at back at like some of like the medieval like ways of torture or punishment, it was like horrendous and disgusting. And I think that's what God is trying was trying to avoid here. It's like, no, if you're, you know, just like gonna tell a lie, make sure that the punishment fits the crime. And this guideline, you know, just reflects that concern for just not being fair and not being just. That's my personal opinion on it. And I also believe that it's telling us not to seek revenge. And I don't believe it means to be passive. I mean, I really struggled um, for a long time with, you know, if somebody slaps your right cheek, give him the left cheek. I don't believe that it's God's way of saying, oh, just be passive, be weak, be a doormat in blatant violence towards you or towards other people. But we aren't to, quote unquote, get even. Right. And the Bible says that vengeance is the Lord's. It is not for us. It is the Lord. So ultimately, people will get their judgment and justice, but that's not for us as Christians to determine. That's for us to put it in the in the hands of the Lord. But we're not supposed to get even and seek revenge and then do more harm than what was done to us. And, excuse me, um... And, you know, it says, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you. Do not turn away. I I think that if someone is like coming to you and asking for help, like don't turn your back on them. Help them out. Don't just kind of like leave them to the wolves, especially if the person who is like coming to us is somebody who did wrong to us. I mean, can you think of like, a point in your life where somebody did you wrong and like did you dirty and then like I don't know five or six months later comes back and is like being really friendly or even asks you for help God is saying like if something like that comes up that we're not supposed to slam our door in our face or get revenge or get even be like well you did this to me so I'm not going to help you it's like still help that person because they are still our brother and our sister in in Christ. And maybe they might not be Christians, but they are still loved by God just as we are loved by God. And I really think that this passage specifically here is God trying to teach us mercy. Because remember, what God gives us, we need to give to others as well. God is saying, you know, don't keep score. Love people, forgive people. And that's hard. I think one of the hardest parts about being a Christian is forgiveness, especially if someone really, really did us wrong. And it's not natural. It's supernatural because God is supernatural and God forgave us in our deepest and darkest and ugliest moments. And so we just have to take our examples from him. 
And once again, these were really, really radical um, responses. Like, I mean, like Jesus is the Messiah and they're, the Jews were expecting some like humongous military leader who's just going to take a sword to everyone. But he's like, if someone slaps, you give them the other cheek. And so this was really, really strange to them. And this was really, really against kind of what they they would have known since they were under such horrendous Roman oppression. They wanted Jesus to be like, yeah, if they hurt you, you can go hurt them. But Jesus suggested a new way of response to injustice. And instead of, you know, demanding rights and taking up arms, he's saying, give them up freely. It was more important to Jesus to give justice and mercy than to receive it. And that goes so well into the next part of his Sermon on the Mount where it goes into verse 43. You have heard what I said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of the Father, Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you only love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Don't even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. I think it's funny how he's talking about tax collectors here. And because tax collectors, as we've known from previous studies, were seriously hated and Matthew which the book we're in and the person who wrote the book was a tax collector or used to be a tax collector was beforehand so this is because of you know they were under such Roman oppression for for God to be saying pray and love your enemies pray for your enemies love them pray for those who spitefully use you. That was something that original audience was not wanting to hear and was not wanting really to accept. You know, it's just known you have to hate your enemies. But Jesus says the opposite. If we just show hate to hate, nothing good comes out of it. What are we showing people if they show us hate and all we do is retaliate with hate, it doesn't show the light of Christ. It doesn't say that we're the salt of the earth or, you know, the castle on the mountain. It just shows that we're just like everybody else and that's not who we're called to be. And I'm just kind of getting used to just doing the opposite of what the world is. I mean, if like I, if I do the opposite of the world, I'm probably, you know, doing my best to follow Christ because... The world tells us to hate those who hate us, to persecute those who persecute us. But Jesus says, absolutely not. And I really love where it says, if you only love those who love you, what reward do you have? And I feel sometimes as Christians, we like to get in our little Christian bubble and only hang out with Christians and love Christians and fellowship with Christians and take other Christians out to dinner and only hang out with Christians. And and that's fine because we do need that community of Christians to to help our faith and to help build us. But if we refuse to interact with other Christians because, oh, they're not Christians, they're 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 not holy. That's that's not us being Christ-like. That's not us being holy. That's not us being in the image of God. 
because Jesus himself went to the people and made disciples out of people that were horrible by world standards tax collectors he 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 ate with prostitutes he had you know he he ate with these people and he he sought out these people which the world back then and even now would be like no that's kind of weird but of course Jesus does the opposite and i think another reason that we really need to show love to our enemies is hurt people hurt people Nine times out of 10, when somebody is, has been really nasty to me or bullied me, because I was bullied a ton when I was a kid. And even just as an adult, when I come across another adult who is really, really nasty, really, really mean for no reason or goes above and beyond to be mean, you know, just like over retaliates for something that was really, really small. Nine times out of 10, and I would even go 10 times out of 10, they are hurting inside. And hurt people hurt people. And you guys have probably seen the memes and the posts that's like, be kind to everybody because everyone is fighting a battle that you don't know about. And I find that to be more and more true the, the older I get. And God just really opens my eyes you know, to the the times where I was really mean and the times where I was probably the most selfish and impatient and, you know, mean or whatever. It was the time that I was hurting the most inside, but no one knew. And why not give the same grace and mercy to our enemies? A lot of times it's easy just to be like, oh, they should never have acted like that. But then, you know, you just don't know what's going on. And usually it's because they're hurting inside. So when they're, when we get hurt by hurt people, it's usually because they need the love and the light of God the most in that given moment. If we just love those who love us, we're not doing what Christ calls us to. He wants us to reach those who need love the most. And God did this better than anyone. I mean, obviously he is the Lord and he is perfect, but he died for those who put the nails in his hands. He loved those who spat on him. He saved those who who beat him and whipped him and put him in, you know, and, and put him in shackles. I mean, he lo- he still loved and showed truth and light to those people. So if Jesus could do it to his enemies, we can too. And I think that's what it's meaning. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Obviously, we're not perfect, but we are to follow in the footsteps of Christ. And this is what he did. He loved those who hated him. He prayed for those who persecuted him. And especially with what's going on in the world right now. I mean, every time I, I open the news or I, I look at social media, there's something on this war in Ukraine and Russia. And, you know, there's people in China trying to praise the Lord in basements because they can't. And there's just all of this evil going on in the world. And 
it would not make it better for us to continue the hate that's already going on and to continue that legacy of evilness because evil does not fight evil. Darkness does not fight darkness. Only light can do that. I don't know who I'm quoting. I know I'm quoting somebody where it's like, you know, hate cannot be fought with hate. Only love can do that. Or darkness cannot be fought with darkness. Only light can do that. If you guys know who that is, I don't know who it is right now, but send me a message on who that is. But it's so true. So as we go through this week and if somebody cuts us off in traffic or our boss snaps at us or whatever, take a deep breath and know that God is saying, don't seek revenge. Don't retaliate. Don't get even show love and pray for them. And that's something that's very, very difficult, but I would want somebody to do that for me if I was super, super hurting or needing the Lord, because we are the light of the world and we have to be the light that combats the darkness. So next week, we will finally be on Matthew chapter six. I think it took like four parts just to get through Matthew chapter five. So next week, we will be on Matthew chapter six. And if you haven't, like and subscribe to our podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or free on Spotify. And we will be kind of flip-flopping my Matthew study with me getting together with Tasha and Mandy and just talking about issues and it's not necessarily, you know, a, a Bible study when we get together with them. It'll just be us just kind of talking about issues and how God has called us to just live regular everyday life. So you can find us on Facebook, um, the In God She Trusts page. You can find us on Instagram, in.god.she.trusts, <laughs> or you can also shout us out um, and give and send us a Gmail at igstrusts at gmail.com. Have a blessed week. Love you very much. See you later.